At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got tremendous three hours for you. We're in a little bit of everything. We've got some great college football week three games to be able to preview. NFL week two lines are starting to get put into shape a little bit more. We have seen. Some of the openers move a tad, so we're going to be diving into these and what is going to be a tremendous week of the NFL. And hey, if it's half as good as week number one, it is going to be a really good weekend. We've got a trio of great guests to be able to join us along the way as Frank Schwab does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports covering the game of the NFL. He is going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at week two, a little bit of reaction from week one as well. In hour number two, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know him best as... The Real Fats on Twitter. Fats, he is a sports gambling legend. He does great work in general and has actually been doing a little bit of a closing line value contest himself. I know that that's been a little bit more in terms of college football. So we're going to be talking about just how important it is when you are grabbing these numbers to be taking a look at the lines week after week and also some of the value that you can wind up getting in terms of contests, contest strategy in general. So we're going to be doing... A little bit more of a deep dive there, which I do think is a lot of fun because while it's always nice to be able to give team breakdowns, while it's nice to be able to give picks, it is always important to take a look at a little bit of gambling philosophy. Just take a look at the number that you get itself and how important that is because, trust me, 
if you're taking bad numbers night after night, it's going to be tough to make a profit. And sometimes you can get away with it a little bit more if you wind up getting the best of the number as well. So we're going to be having that chat in hour number two. And then hour number three, Sean Green. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at a little college football. We're going to be taking a look at a little NFL with him. So we've got a locked and loaded three hours on the show. And we're going to be talking a lot about NFL sides because the sides, they always wind up getting the love. We love to be able to just take a look at, you know what, Team A, they had a terrible showing on offense. Team B, they had tremendous showing on offense. And you take a look at that in terms of what you're getting on the spread. We wound up seeing the big shift in terms of the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott expected to start. They opened up right around about a two-point favorite prior to Sunday Night Football. Once Dak wound up going down, you wound up seeing this line move to seven, now more around seven half to eight, depending upon where you shop. And what winds up getting lost in the shuffle a little bit are totals. Because totals, they there's been one thing that has been very profitable in the NFL really since the start of the 2021 season, and fans wound up getting back into the sands. You wound up seeing a little bit of an outlier in 2020 when it came to NFL totals because, well, when you don't wind up having 50,000 fans screaming at you, you don't have just as much of the um, as much of the environment that you're used to seeing in terms of home field advantage. It does wind up making things a little bit easier. Typically helps out offenses just a tad as well. But when you have a normal year, typically you're going to find a few more unders and overs. Very naturally, there are a lot of people that they want to root for points. They want to be able to take a look at a game and they want a 35 to 32 thriller. I'm one of the people as an opposite of this because I do a lot of college basketball. When it comes to college basketball, I'm a very, very strange person. A lot of people probably look at me like a fish with three eyes, but some of those games, like when you get Virginia versus Fordham this year, when it came to the NIT, Virginia versus North Texas, you've got two teams that play at a snail's pace, and it's a challenge as to whether or not a team is going to be able to get to 50 points. That does excite me. I do like those Duke versus North Carolina games where both teams wind up getting to 80 as well. You always love in the NBA teams putting up 130 plus points, but in the NBA, I'm a little bit more of one that believes we should go back a little bit more to when the bad boy Pistons were out there playing some absolutely tremendous defense. I recognize that I am very much in the minority on that, but unders have been very successful in the NFL. I wound up doing a little bit more of a deep dive on this since the beginning of the 2021 season, and this is utilizing numbers from our very own Dave Tooley, took a look on covers as well. Depending upon your closing number, you might wind up having one more push. You might wind up having one extra under, one extra over. But since the beginning of the 2021 season, 54.7% of games have wound up going under the total. Once again, it goes to the mindset of a lot of people, they want to root for points. They want to see their fantasy teams doing well. And if the fantasy team is doing well, they're probably having an over as well. And you always take a look at this in terms of props as well, which is why I think along with totals, props, they wind up having a little bit of inherent value to the under. And with props, you wind up getting the added bonus because with full game sides and totals, if the quarterback winds up going down, you could still have the second stringer go out, absolutely light the world on fire. You have a scenario where someone comes out of nowhere, catches lightning in a bottle, that can wind up happening. Meanwhile, if you take a player prop under on, insert your starting quarterback here that winds up getting hurt. I'm not going to say an actual starting quarterback because I don't want any of these guys to get hurt. I don't wish that upon anyone, but insert your player here winds up getting hurt. 
you know what? The under, it winds up coming through. You obviously need to have the player take at least one step in the game in order to have action. But if someone winds up getting hurt mid-game, that does wind up leading to a nice quality under when it comes to player props. And that happens in probably 5 6% of games. So you are able to get a little bit of an advantage there. But I do think that taking a look at totals is very important when it comes to the NFL because it winds up getting just a little bit, I would say, buried because we all take a look at contests and most of these contests, they're mostly involving sides. When you have a lot of previews, it's about who's going to win, who's going to lose. Is this spread a little bit too big? But I always do think that there's a little bit more fascination in terms of totals. And you take a look at the NFL Week 2 board and you're seeing a lot of equal totals. You've got a few outliers in terms of higher totals. No question, the Thursday night game, Chargers and Chiefs, that is the highest one on the board between 54 and 54 and a half. And if you take a look throughout history, typically a lot of the higher totals do wind up going over. A lot of the lower totals do wind up going under as well. There's a reason why they wind up getting set that high, set that low. A little bit of an exception this year was in Major League Baseball. For those of you guys that were tracking a lot of these sevens going down to six halves, when it wound up getting down to six and a half, that was pretty much a point of no return when it came to those totals. And then you were able to see a little bit of a rebound on those overs. But I do think that it is important to take a look at why you have the total that you do. Like we are currently seeing with that outlier over, you've got this outlier in terms of just a low total. And you've got two of these. You've got two games in which they've got currently a total of lower than 42 in the this one should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody whatsoever, but the Patriots and the Steelers game after what we saw in week one with the New England Patriots not moving the ball whatsoever against the Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they put a few points up on the board, but a lot of that was courtesy of the Cincinnati Bengals making about as many turnovers as Sarah Lee's Bakery did on Sunday. So good work on them. And then the other demonstratively though total, the J-E-T-S Jets Jets playing against the Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Browns, six-point favorites in a game with a total of 40. I always think that that's very fascinating, but I do think that taking a look at a lot of these games, trying to be able to spot a little bit of value in terms of totals, there's just so much value in it, and taking a look at just teams in general that they might be playing a little bit of a different style because typically when you take a look at teams, the total is a little bit slower to move rather than the side because you have your instant reactions to things like Nathaniel Hackett being a complete and under moron. And thank goodness gracious, he admitted that he should have went for it on fourth down because, well, everyone, including people that really don't follow much football, all know that on fourth and five, you don't kick a 64-yard field goal after allowing 30-plus seconds to elapse while you wind up having all your timeouts. And, well, go figure there. Thank you so much, Captain Obvious. But you are going to be noticing that in terms of the power rankings, it's going to affect the side a little bit more than the total. And I do think that it is very important to take a look at how this winds up affecting totals as well. Whether or not teams are going for touchdowns rather than field goals, are they going to be a little bit more willing to go for it when they're down 14 points, they score a touchdown, and are they going to kick the extra point to cut it to seven? Or are they going to do what I always think is the correct move, go for two, because if you wind up going for two, you wind up giving yourself little bit of an added opportunity to be able to win the game with another touchdown. You don't wind up going for it. You know what? You go for two again. If you do wind up scoring a touchdown leads to a little bit of strategy on that front. And even if you are going to wind up going for two and maybe you don't wind up getting a touchdown, you still have that possibility of getting two field goals as well. A little bit of inside theory on that one, but always being able to gauge these totals, I think is something that is very profitable and shouldn't get 
lost sight of, even though a lot of the contests, they do involve sides a little bit more. And something else that we wind up noticing from a little bit more of a sides perspective, how about if we wind up going to the world of baseball on Tuesday and just the just continuous trend that we have been seeing all year long in Major League Baseball. We've seen totals wind up having their ups and downs. We have seen favorites and underdogs. You've seen those splits. One thing that has remained true throughout this baseball season, if you've been laying north of minus 300 on these Moneyline favorites, you've taken a bath. And it happened once again on Tuesday. Jacob DeGrom and the New York Mets, DeGrom didn't wind up quite having it. The We're going to call it about plus 340, plus 350-ish underdogs. The Chicago Cubs, they get it done by kind of 4-1. to one. This led to a few different things. For one, everyone was just jumping on Jacob DeGrom, which if you do your research on how betting results have went with Jacob DeGrom, the only profitable year you wound up having, taking the money line night in and night out with Jacob DeGrom was actually in 2021, just because the Mets, they put up no offense for him. He's always been a tremendous pitcher. I would argue that when he's at full force, he might be the best pitcher still in Major League Baseball, but when you... Bet on the New York Mets. He also bet on them having to score at least one run. And there are times where they don't wind up doing so. They scored approximately one run on Tuesday with Adrian Sampson being able to throw a gem for the Chicago Cubs. But if you've laid the favorite in these big giant money line games of north of minus 300 and you've bet to be able to win $100. So let's say in this case, minus 435, you lay minus 435 to be able to win 100. You're down over $1,500 this season if you've taken all these minus 300 favorites on the scale of $100. So that has not been too terrific, but let's take a look at something terrific. Week two of the NFL. Frank Schwab, he does absolutely amazing work over at Yahoo Sports. He's going to be joining me next to break down these games on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VEASAN Pro. Get full access to everything that we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recapping the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides, covering every single game all season long, pro tips like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour, including actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special and get VSIM Pro access to everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vsim.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the Sports Bank Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIM, the Sports Bank Network. And great to be joined by Frank Schwab, does great work over at Yahoo Sports. And a man that much like myself is from the great state of Wisconsin. And Frank, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Can't wait to, man, talk about this NFL because week one was, <laughs> it was as good as week one as I can remember. Yes, that was a tremendous week one full of close games and full of head-scratching decisions to say the least. And I know that you coming into the season were someone that was very much on the Philadelphia Eagles. A little bit of a tough end to the game against the Detroit Lions for those. I'm looking at myself. That one playing the points with the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, but still, they get the job done. They are now 1-0, and zero, and, well, they didn't wind up having their starting quarterback get hurt. After what you wound up seeing in Week 1, how are you feeling right now about the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I don't think that there's a lot there to necessarily, like, hike them up the power rankings or anything like that, but certainly, if there is one thing to put them a little bit further forward, it's that the Dallas Cowboys, not only did they look bad on the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but... Now they're without their starting quarterback, most likely for about six weeks to two months. Yeah, and I, I mean this this notion of Dak Prescott might come back in four weeks just blows my mind. Yeah. I, who knows? The I, these guys are superior athletes and all that, but to me this is at least six weeks, probably eight. And I mean, you look and I think the Cowboys buy is in week nine. I just wrote this in my power rankings post. Why wouldn't you keep him out until then? What's the realistic expectation for the Cowboys? Like a good, a good run for them would be three and four in those seven games. That puts them at three and five. Uh, maybe they can get super hot and take the East still. I, I wonder just as somebody who was very <laughs> invested in the Eagles this year, winning that division, uh, you know, maybe the giants, I guess maybe Washington with a lot of uh, good skill position talent all of a sudden, but yeah, the, the Eagles are clearly the favorite now. And you know what? The, the fact that they didn't cover Sunday doesn't bother me. You, I mean, you watch that game. You, you had an interest in it. So did I. I was on the I did have the lines and the points in that game. But I was watching that game like there were stretches where the Eagles were really dominant. Where they looked just exactly how I thought they would. They can run the ball. They got A.J. Brown involved. Their defense was really, really good early in the game. 
Late in the game, they let up. There, there's no question about that. Detroit has done that time and again. They, they were a covering machine last year, getting in the back door. And I thought that's what happened in this game. I don't really think the Eagles played that poorly. You look at, your, oh, 38-35 against the Lions. How impressive was that? It actually was really impressive to me. I, I, yes, they they gave up a lot in the end. They gave up way too many rushing errors to DeAndre Swift. These are, these are things that are correctable, but the things you wanted to see. You want to see Jalen Hurts be confident. You want to see A.J. Brown involved. You want to see him run the ball again. All those things lined up for me. I really, really like the Eagles coming out of week one. And in terms of a totals perspective as well, I do think that the Eagles might be a bit of a better over team than I was expecting towards beginning part of the season because the big question mark a lot of people had for the Philadelphia Eagles entering the campaign was how is Jalen Hurts going to look? And Jalen Hurts through one weekend towards back half of the season as well. I think that a lot of people poo-pooed what Jalen Hurts did towards back half of 2021. They wrote it off as, well, Schedule got easier as things went along, but I was very impressed by Jalen Hurts in week one, and I've been, Jalen, I've been impressed by Jalen Hurts in general since the back half of 2021, and I think that this is an offense that can put up points, and if you're looking at teams to be able to be a relatively solid overpick, I would say that the Eagles are right now looking like one of the better ones in the National Football League. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I will say this. I think their defense is going to get a lot better. The talent is just there. You look at, I mean, they gave up 150-some rushing errors to the Lions. I just don't think that's going to happen most weeks. You know, they got the kid Jordan Davis up front. He's going to get better. They have some really good defensive linemen, including Fletcher Cox. I think they have a lot of athleticism and talent at linebacker even. Secondary's good. So I don't really think this Eagles team is going to be a give up 35 points a week type of team, win shootouts, win you know, 42 to 31. Or I just don't see them being that kind of team. But offensively, Yes, they are going to score points. Look, Jalen Hurts is not going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. He's just not. But can he be good enough for the Eagles to win a ton of games this year, win the East, and maybe even contend for an NFC championship? I absolutely think so because he has the team around him to do it. I agree. I do think that the Eagles in for a very solid season. And I know you're out there in Denver, and you got to take a look at the team who on Monday Night Football decided to go for a 64-yard field goal in the Denver Broncos. I don't think that the Broncos necessarily played terribly. Russell Wilson looked fine, in my opinion, but for the Denver Broncos, how much do you have to downgrade them just because Nathaniel Hackett made one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in the history of sports, and I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. It was awful. I mean, and he knew it right away. You're like, what What are they doing? Like, it just made no sense. And to his credit, he came out today and said, you know what? We should have gone for it. And, I, you know, he's a rookie head coach. He's allowed to learn on the job, too. We, You know, we... The expectations of these guys, the pressure on these guys is such we expect them to be perfect from day one. And you know what? They're getting a lot of money. They're, they're in that position. They should be able to do things like clock management, but he is a rookie head coach. I'm not giving up on him quite yet. Some things about Denver did scare me a little bit. Their linebackers could not cover. Geno Smith didn't take advantage of that in the second half, but in the first half, he was 17 of 18. Geno Smith? Like, what are you going to do against Herbert? What are you going to do against Mahomes, Carr? I mean, I, I just worry about this defense, which hasn't been as good as people think the past few years. I think people still think this is the 2015 defense. That unit ain't around anymore. This team is good on defense, but not great. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I've already, I know we're going to get into week two a little bit. I've already taken Houston plus 10. I think Houston's a feisty team. And I do wonder where Denver's at. There's a lot of new pieces here, including the coach. I get Denver's a, a covering machine September through the years. Everybody knows that stat and that trend, but give me 10 points with the Texans. And I'm still, I'll take that because the Denver Broncos are still figuring things out here. And for many books that wound up offering odds to become the team with the worst record in the league, the Houston Texans were on top of darn near all of them, and 
I felt like the Texans got disrespected coming into the year. Not that I think that the Texans are by any stretch of the imagination, going to win double digit games, go to the playoffs or anything like that. But Lovey Smith is a coach that is finally getting another opportunity after he flamed out at Illinois, after he wound up having a less than savory last few years in the NFL. I will say probably should not have gotten canned from the Bears job when he did, but certainly it was not the greatest ordeals for him, but he comes back with the Houston Texans. Texans make a little bit of a statement. The fourth quarter wasn't too terrific. And Lovey Smith, we were talking about coaching decisions. He needs to clean up some of those as well. But with the Texans, I was very impressed by what I saw week one. And I think that a lot of people are sleeping on Davis Mills, who's becoming a real quarterback in the league. Absolutely. I agree with all your points there. And if you, that's the beauty of watching these games and not just box score scouting is you could watch the Texans. Those first three quarters flying around, making plays. Yeah, they made some mistakes. They're a young team. They don't have a ton of talent, but I liked what I saw. The fourth quarter, they just seemed to wear down a little bit. The Colts started to figure them out. Jonathan Taylor really started gashing up. Well, he's a great back. Michael Pittman's a really, really good young receiver. Matt Ryan's been around the league a ton of years. They were going to start getting something going, but I thought through those first three quarters, it was like, man, this Texans team is going to compete. This Texans team is going to give a lot of teams a lot of scares, and that's why I don't mind taking them plus 10 this week. They're going to have to look, they're going to be games this year where the Texans get blown out. Maybe it's week two. I don't know. But what I saw, I really did like, I know they had to settle for the tie and everybody's getting on lovey for punting and all that. But look at what happened when they were up 20 to three through three quarters. That was a team that you're like, man, they, they do have some dudes out there. They, they really have upgraded that talent a lot. They might only win five, six games this year, but it's going to look a lot different than it did last season for the Texans. Totally agree. This is a team that is much more competitive than they were just a season ago. And we're talking about teams that we're feeling relatively good about coming out of week one. Was there a team or two that after what you saw, you feel much more bearish on them after their week one showing? I mean, you look in uh, the Vikings. I just want to talk about the Vikings and Packers because we kind of have to reassess, right? We were both on the Vikings. We both liked the Vikings last week when I talked to you, but the way that game went, how much do we really adjust what we think of the Vikings and the Packers? Because those two teams looked – if you were to tell me, hey, one of these teams has been the NFC Championship, number one seed the last two years, the other one's just been kind of struggling, had to fire its coach, I, was, I would have thought the exact opposite of what the truth is. The Vikings are a team that – they're going into this game at Philly, and I'm going to be honest, I, I'm on the Eagles. I love the Eagles. The Eagles are my team this year, right? But in the back of my mind, I'm like, the Eagles look like a different team. New coach, new ideas. Justin Jefferson's going to, he's going to challenge 2,000 yards this year. Whereas the Packers, yes, they struggled in week one last year. Maybe the same thing's going to happen this year. But I think this season's different because we all know the skill position talent just is not there. None of those guys showed up. The offensive line is banged up. I don't know if David Bakhtiari's ever going to be right. They're really, really good left tackles. So you just look at this Packers team compared to last year after week one, and you say, maybe they're going to have a tough time really turning us around. And I think if you could look at those NFC North odds and get the Vikings still at a good price, you might want to do that because it did look like two teams going in different directions last Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings look terrific and the Green Bay Packers, they looked like a team that they could use Devontae Adams. So mm -hmm. that was not too terrific, but coming up with Frank on the other side, we're going to be diving into a few more of these week two games. We mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, they play each other in this week. So we're going to dive into that game next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost, special, and much more. Lace them up for week one with the Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance is offered every single Sunday. And if you are taking a look at building a parlay of at least four legs and it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet of up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet. If they score at any time, head on over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN and being rejoined by Frank Schwab does an amazing job over at Yahoo Sports. And Frank, we were talking about the Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles quite a bit in segment number one. And let's take a look at that game because when Sunday Night Baseball or when Sunday Night Football ends, for that matter, Sunday Night Baseball was going on. It was a three-point line between the Eagles and the Vikings, and now you're finding the Eagles in between a two- to two-and-a-half-point favorite based on what we wanted seeing on Sunday. And I think that this is going to be one of the trickier games to be able to evaluate because with the Eagles and the Vikings, I think that they're relatively evenly matched. I would probably default to the Eagles just because it has gotten down below that number of three, but this is, in my opinion a relatively equally matched game in which I do think that home field advantage might wind up being the difference. Yeah. And I mean, you already know how I feel about the Eagles. I mean, again, this is a team I'm going to be riding a lot this season, I think until they, they tell me otherwise. And I just look, the Vikings were great in week one and maybe this is just who they are. And you know, we talked in the last segment about maybe this is the team that win the NFC North and and it, it seriously looked that way, but I also don't want to overreact. You know, coming into this season, I had, I had high, high hopes for the Eagles. And I thought maybe the Vikings can be good, a playoff team, second place finish in the NFC North and keep it close. As it, that much really changed. We both liked the Vikings last week, I believe, for the same reasons. Uh, you know, they, there was the element of surprise with Kevin O'Connell. The v- Packers always struggle in Minnesota. The Packers had I- injury issues. Alan Lazard and, and David Bakhtiari and Elgin Jenkins. So there were issues with the Packers that the Vikings exploded, exploited. No doubt about it. Does that make them this team that can go on the road and win at Philadelphia? I'll say this. If the Vikings do come out of this 2-0, if they go to Philly and beat a very, very talented Eagles team, I will be very impressed. And that at that point... We have to recalibrate everything we think about the the Vikings. I, I I'm on the Eagles. I'll be on the Eagles. I think I think they're in a great spot here to really show how good they are going to be this season. But I'll tell you what, at the Vikings, like I said, they pull off this win, I'll tip my cap and say this this is your new NFC North favorite for sure. No question about it. I think that this is a statement game for the Minnesota Vikings, and I think that this is going to be a statement game for both of these teams, Dolphins and and the Ravens. With the Ravens, mm-hmm. a three and a half point favorite, and with Baltimore, I felt like Murphy's Law really hit them last season, and they look good against the Jets. I think we could take it with a little bit more of a grain of salt because the Jets, looks like it's going to be another very, very long year for them. But for Miami, they were able to do a good job against the New England Patriots, who perennially, if you look throughout time, the Patriots have struggled in Miami. Right now, mm-hmm. three and a half point line, and I think that this seems a little bit right. I would lean towards the Baltimore Ravens just because I've got a little bit more faith in them. I want to see a little bit more out of Mike McDaniel before being able to give them as much love. But I do think that this is going to be one of the better battles that we see on Sunday. I personally look at the three and a half with the Ravens. Yeah, I keep 
one thing I got to keep an eye on here is the injury report for the Ravens because they need to run the ball and their running backs. Look, Kenny Drake was our lead guy, just been cut by the Raiders. He didn't have any pop in that running game. Mike Davis was kind of an afterthought. It can't all be Lamar. He needs some help in that running game. So can J.K. Dobbins get back for this game? I think that's a huge deal for the Ravens. I really do. You know, we all talk about how running backs have been devalued and all this and that. Well, for the Ravens, it's different. They're a different team than everybody else, and they need that running game. They need a dynamic running back. And this Dolphins defense is good. I, everybody's banging on the Patriots this week and their offense stinks and blah, blah, blah. Well, the Dolphins defense had a lot to do with that. They played really, really well. Tua did his job on the other side on the offense. So the, the Dolphins impressed me. It's not an automatic play for me. You would have thought I, Ravens were another team. They were kind of my AFC Eagles where I was just all about the Ravens this year. Got a lot invested in them. You'd think I'd be all about the Ravens here. But I mean, I, it, that probably will be if it gets down to three, but three and a half that tick over three. I don't know. I might have to even you know, kind of lean towards the Dolphins here because they did look really good in week one. It's it's a great game. It, this is one of those games where we're going to come out of this thing saying either, wow, the Dolphins are really have arrived or yes, the Ravens have just bounced back because this is going to be a quality win for either one of these two teams. We've seen this line tick up and I love what I saw from the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. I don't know if they should be 10 point favorites though against the right. Tennessee Titans with the Titans uh, calamity at the end of the game. They blow it against the against the Giants, blowing that field goal to wind up causing the outright win. The Giants, either way, they were going to be able to cover. But I take a look at the Buffalo Bills being a 10-point favorite, and I do think that they are, right now, the best team in football. I think that they deserve to be at the top of the odds board. I don't know if I can get behind them being a 10-point favorite like they are right now against the Titans, especially with the Titans having such a good ground game. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the overreaction line a little bit. I, and I get it. I, look, the Bills are great. They have the travel advantage here. They're back at home. I mean, everything's pointing towards the Bills, so I get it. But 10 is a lot. I don't think the Titans are going to be very good this year. I mean, if you can't beat the Giants at home, it might, be, it might end up being one of those long seasons for the Titans. But just like you said, 10 points against a team that they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. I, let, let's remember, they beat the Bills last year. It was kind of a fluky end to them, to that game. I think it was on another Monday night, maybe Thursday night. It was primetime for sure. So, uh, yeah, the, the value is all gone. If you like the Bills, you should have been betting them last week on the look-ahead line when this was about a seven-point game because it's all gone now. I, there's no way I could back the Bills at 10. And you know they got that to 10 just to avoid all these teasers down to three and two and a half or whatnot. So, yes, this line is definitely inflated, and I, I just can't get behind the Bills minus 10. I agree with you. I think that the Bills should be able to win this game. Would not be surprised if the Bills win this game by a touchdown. 10, it's just mm -hmm. gone a little bit too far, in my opinion. It seems like we're locked up on that one. And when it comes to teams that had maybe a little bit of a loss in week one, didn't look as impressive as many people were hoping for, I didn't necessarily have, like you said, highest expectations for the Tennessee Titans, but still a little bit of a letdown as to what we wound up seeing in week one. Is there a team that wound up losing on week one that you're interested in betting them on them on week in week two and you feel like the line is just wound up going a little bit too far out of whack and the reaction is a little bit too extreme. Well, I don't think a line has gotten out of, out of control. In fact, it's probably giving them the proper respect, but that's the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders didn't play bad. Like you, look car through three interceptions, tied a career high. He's not going to do that that often. That's not who he is. Just made a couple of mistakes. The Chargers are a really, really good team. And I, I actually really like the Chargers on Thursday night, even on that money line. I, I think the Chargers are going to really play well against the Chiefs. But the Raiders are a team that I, I think is going to really play well this year. And now they play a Cardinals team who, man, did they look bad. And I don't want to, again, we're trying not to overreact, right? But sometimes you got to watch these games and say, 
Ooh, the Cardinals just looked dreadful. Kyler Murray was just awful in that game. You you could not have told me he was a $230 million quarterback if you watched that game. He got nothing going at all. Their defense was in shambles most of that game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was just doing whatever he wanted. I think the Raiders, even though this line is, is moving up and it bothers me a little bit, I, I do think the Raiders really play well here. Stepping down in competition, I don't think the Cardinals are anywhere near the Chargers class this year. I think the Raiders, a team that lost in week one, you know, just circumstances. They still, you know, even turning it over three times with Derek Carr, they still only lost by five points and had the ball at the end with a chance to take the lead. I think the Raiders, Raiders really bounce back strong here. And I, I guess you'd probably have to throw the Broncos in there too, even though I'm on the Texans plus 10. And look at opener, had this game more around a two and a half. Now we've seen it go up to pretty much five and a half in a lot of spots yeah. at DraftKings. I'm seeing a straight six on the Raiders. So, this one has ticked up big time, and we've seen a little bit of movement on this game as well. Even though the New Orleans Saints did not have the world's greatest start against the Atlanta Falcons, they go up, they get it done. Now we're seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who on a lot of look-at lines, they were more around a four-point favorite. This line has ticked down to two and a half in a lot of spots with some juice on like minus 115, minus 120 on the two and a half. What do you make out of a Saints team that has had Tom Brady's number ever since he joined the NFC South, but they got a little bit of a slow start against the Atlanta Falcons before finishing strong. Yeah, to get that win was really big for the Saints. And I think that they're going to, I mean, Michael Thomas is obviously back and Alvin Kamara is going to be better than he was in week one. They just came out flat. It was just a flat spot for them in week one. And I really wish I had gotten the Saints plus four. You want them over that field goal and that's kind of gone right now. Because like you said, they have had Tom Brady's number. Dennis Allen has done a remarkable job against Tom Brady, including shutting him out last year. So I think the Saints are going to play really, really well. That's one of the true home field advantages in sports still, in the NFL at least. The Superdome will be rocking, no doubt about it. I do like the Saints here. I want to get them at least to three. I do. I just I don't know if that number is ever going to come back, but the Saints are in a good spot here. I think that the Buccaneers, look, everybody focus on the Cowboys. The Buccaneers played an ugly game. They really did. They could not punch it in in the red zone. Their defense was good, but how much of that was just the, the Cowboys' struggles, especially on the offensive line? Buccaneers took a few more injuries in that game, including Godwin, Donovan Smith. I, I just like everything about the Saints on the side, and I, I totally agree with the line move down under a field goal. Yep, it's going to be a good game, in my opinion, for the Saints, a Saints team that, they wound up holding Tom Brady, I believe, scoreless the last time they wound up playing. That was that ugly Taysom Hill game in which neither team wound up getting a touchdown. That was a <laughs> very sad game. I think we'll see a little bit more offense there. And whenever we see you on the network, Frank, we know that we're in for some great content. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, Greg. I appreciate you. Frank does great work over at Yahoo Sports. Taking a look at the game of football and We've talked a lot of football here in the first hour. Let's turn it to some baseball. We shall do that next. Take a look at a few Wednesday games right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher and simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve lasting success by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands that there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little bit different and everyone's on their own journey, but whenever you feel like you're ready to take that next step towards change, Zen is going to be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com, and warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, it is always great to get Frank Schwab aboard. Wound up joining me for two segments, taking a look at everything in the NFL that we're going to be seeing in week two, and I do think that it's going to be a great week number two. A lot of teams fighting to avoid going 0-2, and that is going to be very, very important. And we always do what we what we like to call on this program pro tips. You're able to sort them by sport. You're able to sort them just in a wide variety of ways by show list goes on and on. And you only wind up getting these by being a VEASAN pro subscriber. And we're going to take a look a little bit of baseball this segment and VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all those tips. And we're going to hit on the Houston Astros here on my pro tip for this hour. The Houston Astros best under team in major league baseball this season. This would surprise a lot of people. We recall all these Houston Astros teams and how they've come out and have always been able to put up runs upon runs the way that Jose Altuve and company have been on the have been at the plate. 61.2% of their games have gone under the total. They'll find a team hitting north of 60% of games under the total in north of 130 games. That is very, very special. And 
I'm going to try to zig while many people are trying to zig on this one. 915-916 on the board. It is the Houston Astros. They are going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against the Detroit Tigers with Christian Javier going for the Astros. And Joey Wentz, he goes for the Detroit Tigers. Total of eight. And with the Houston Astros, find them between minus 250 to minus 260 favorites. And between plus 220 and plus 230 is the number on the Detroit Tigers. And run line is chalky. It is minus 150. And Honestly, if I'd be looking at anything in terms of money line slash run line, I would be taking a look at that Astros run line. I don't have any interest in laying like a minus 250 to a minus 260, but I do think that this is going to be a rare circumstance where the Houston Astros are going to be able to generate runs. And many of you guys might be wondering, why have the Houston Astros been the best under team in baseball this season? Well, I've got the answer for you. The Houston Astros, along with the New York Yankees, have been your most dominant two bullpens in the big leagues this season. They have been clocking in one and two, depending upon what day slash what week you wind up taking a look because they've been separated by right around like three-tenths of a point for the entirety of the season. But this has been an asterisk bunch that has been tremendous in terms of all these guys that have come out of the bullpen. They did a good job picking up Rafael Montero during the trade deadline last season. He's been good along with Brian Abreu, Ryan Stanek, Seth Martinez, all guys posting up a sub-2-5 ERA. So they have been... Very, very good on that front. And then you take a look at the man that is going to be on the mound, Christian Javier. It's been a little bit touch and go for him recently, giving up three plus runs in three out of his last five starts. So he hasn't necessarily been as dominant as he was towards the beginning part of the season. But for Christian Javier, he's still getting a little bit over 12 strikeouts per nine innings. So walks per nine rate being in that neighborhood about three. That does wind up hurting him a little bit, but certainly has had a very nice year, in my opinion. I do think that he's going to be able to come out and give a good start against a Detroit Tigers team that. They're currently last in the big leagues in terms of runs per game. They've been a little bit more respectable recently going into this series. They had scored four plus runs in four out of their last five games. But the reason why I do like this total over is I talk about how high I am on this Houston Astros bullpen. You take a look at the Detroit Tigers and their bullpen overall for the season has been good. If you look at the full season, the Detroit Tigers, they're ninth in terms of bullpen ERA, which is not bad. Since the beginning of the month of August, things have went straight downhill for this Detroit Tigers team as they rank 25th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, posting up nearly a 5 ERA. And that's just because the Detroit Tigers have had to trot out their different starter after different starter among their five guys that want to begin the season in the rotation. For much of the season, they've been without four of those. Now, they did wind up getting back Matt Manning a few weeks ago. That helps out. And Eduardo Rodriguez wanted pitching a few days ago, but there was about a month stretch of the season where among their five starting pitchers for the for opening day slash opening week, the only one that was healthy was Shriek Scooble, and that leads to a lot of bullpen use, and that leads to guys like Joey Wentz getting the start, and for Joey Wentz, I think that he's got a little bit of upside. I don't think that this is going to be someone that completely flames out or anything in the big leagues, but Take a look at his minor league numbers thus far this season. About a 3.04 ERA, but not a guy that could wind up giving a lot of length. He was averaging right around four and a half innings to start and 3.7 walks per nine innings. If you're walking guys at the minor league level, that typically does not translate well at the big leagues and the Houston Astros, despite their offense being not quite what it's been in past years. They're still in the top five in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per game basis. You still have those good eyes like Jose Altuve, what has been very good for the Astros, by the way, and part of the reason why I do like this total over Jordan Alvarez, who has dealt with injury issues, just general health issues towards the second half of the season. He's had back-to-back games with multiple hits, has had a home run in two out of his last three games. 
he is back and he is in full force right now for the Houston Astros. They pick up Trey Bubu Mancini in the trade deadline period as well. So that's solid. And for the Tigers, a little bit more respectable when it comes to the bats. Riley Green has been able to do something. You no longer have a situation where the leader in home runs has fewer than 10. So I guess that's a little bit of something. But I do think that it's a circumstance where the Astros, they were going to be able to approach this total by themselves, which is why I do like this total over. I do think that that is a way that you need to take a look at the Houston Astros. It's something else that you're able to do if you are feeling a little bit, shall we say, nervous about the Houston Astros being able to get this total by themselves. You're able to take a look at a team total, which typically these wines are coming out a little bit closer to the AM, sometimes during the nighttime hours like I'm doing this, 9.50 p.m. Pacific time. Sometimes your book just might not wind up offering a team total. DraftKings typically does one of the better jobs of being able to offer things like this. I've got to think that this is probably something that winds up shooting out right around about a five for the team total, if I were to guess. So we shall see what winds up happening on that front. But I do think that the Houston Astros, they do wind up lending a lot of value in this spot. And as a matter of fact, at DraftKings, I'm on here right now. In terms of a two-team total of, or in terms of an alternate run line, you're able to get a little bit of something of value on that front. But I'm not currently seeing any team totals. I was mistaking the alternate in terms of the team total. But I would have to think that this probably ends up shooting out right around about a five-ish end. That's a way that you're able to reduce the juice. I'm seeing some four and a but the four and they have some pretty heavy juice on them as well. But I do think that the Astros, they should be able to put up quite a few runs in this spot. Sort of buck that trend that I wanted giving out with the Astros, hitting 61% of their games to the under thus far this season. So looking at and over, run line is getting chalky. If anything, I'm taking a look at an Astros run line, but playing minus 150 on a run line, not necessarily the most fun day at the office and not something that long-term I would recommend. Certain spots, if you like it, like, I think the Joey Wentz gets lit up. I don't like the form of the Detroit Tigers bullpen. That is something that you're able to take a look at. But if anything, I'm taking a look at the over in this spot because I do think that that lends a little bit of value. And in terms of my DK Nation pick for the MLB slate on Wednesday, we're going to be giving that out in the next segment. Do want to give a little bit of love to the Yankees versus Red Sox series because it is one of the most historic series that we wind up finding in baseball. And this is 919-920 on the betting board with Nestor Cortez going for the Yankees and Brian Bayo on the bump for Boston with a total of nine. Juice is just all over the place. In some spots, the under has juice of minus 120. I'm seeing the over right now where I sit at circuit of minus 115. So do shop around accordingly. And the difference between getting even money and minus 120 on the juice, that can make a big long-term difference. So do not scoff at that, but with the Yankees find them between minus 120 to a minus 130, right around plus 110 to plus 115 is the number on the Red Sox. And for Nestor Cortez, he's not been quite the same on the road as he has been at home, but still has been relatively solid on the road, posting up a 3.15 ERA. Really what has been hurting him has been the deep ball. 1.5 home runs per nine innings when he is on the road. Meanwhile, for a good friend, Brian Bayo, he's just been the victim of bad luck. He has now given up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts since he has resurfaced up to the big league level. He was at the minors to begin the season. Gets called up to the big leagues. Winds up getting lit up. Not really his fault. And as a result, he's got a 579 ERA compared to a fielding independent of a 296. The one reason why I do think that Bayo is in a bad spot is because he has been giving up 4.8 walks per nine innings. When you wind up giving some of the lesser bats for the Yankees a walk that typically does not wind up resulting well because you put men on base for Aaron Judge and that turns into multi-run home runs. 57, I believe now, home runs for Aaron Judge just after he winds up pounding two on Tuesday. 
It has been absolutely incredible to watch them this season. And then for the Boston Red Sox, I do think that they're going to be able to get theirs. I do like this total over. Rafi Devers, 25-plus home runs. Guys like Christian Arroyo, Devers, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. Both of these guys, along with Alex Verdugo, they're in that neighborhood about a 282, 290. We've had Xander Bogart sitting above a 300 as well. So I do like this total over, but I do think that Nestor Cortez, coupled with the number two bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues versus a Boston Red Sox team move. Their bullpen ERA, dead last in the big leagues since the All-Star break. I like the Yankees, and I like this total over. And what else I like? A little bit more baseball. We're going to be hitting upon that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to 